It is Friday, November 27th here at Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 12 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me again are Jared Smola and Tyler Syracuse. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in the lineup generator on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. Week 11 of the Crown is Ass Challenge found a fair amount of scoring in all our lineups, really. Tyler took it down with a 177, though. Tyler, what went right for you on DK in Week 11? Uh, I was able to send in my lineup to you first because it sounds like Jared and I had the same exact cash lineup, but Deontay Johnson and Keenan Allen were certainly the keys to the lineup, both of them having monster games over 100 yards. So anytime you have a couple wide receivers that have ceiling performances, it's usually enough because – a lot of times ownership is pretty concentrated on the running back position, which is what happened again uh, in week 11. Jared, takeaways from your week 11 lineup? Yeah, I, I tried to get a little cute by playing Miles Sanders um, kind of instead of Keenan Allen as like a payup option in this lineup, which, you know, on Saturday morning when we submitted these, I was you know, like going back and forth between Sanders and Allen. Luckily, by Sunday morning, I ended up playing uh, Keenan Allen and going down to Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson sucked again, but you know, having having Keenan Allen was basically the key to last week along with Delvin Cook. Yeah, cuteness was my issue as well, which it normally is, as people can tell if they watch the stream. But I played Alvin Kamara over Dalvin Cook. I, I mean, I knew that you guys were both going to have Dalvin Cook. Obviously, I didn't think that Dalvin Cook was a bad play, but I was thinking just in case things don't quite work out his way and Alvin Kamara does go off, I would be the only one that had him. Did not work out. If I did have Dalvin Cook instead of Alvin Kamara, I would have edged uh, Tyler by like two tenths of a point. So it, it obviously hurt me, but you know, oh, oh well, I guess I was due for a spot where I overthought myself out of a victory. I, I did fade Taysom Hill overall, and that didn't end up biting me. Obviously, I, you know, the lineup says that I was able to put together a successful lineup without him if I had made better decisions. He obviously worked out for people that had him, though, of course, too. Yep, sure did. The season race now stands at four wins apiece for me and Tyler, three for Jared. So anyone could still pull this thing out. The full season crown is ass challenge. We will all be back at it for week 12. We will show you who we're playing against each other come Saturday morning in the free post for this podcast on DraftSharks.com. For now, though, Tyler, please get us started with some cash QB talk, which I'm sure is going to begin with $4,600 Mike Glennon, right? (laughs) Yeah, probably not for me. It's been a year where I've usually paid up at quarterback, which has been non-traditional in the past. I've usually paid down, but we've just seen with a lot this year, a lot of those upper tier quarterbacks, you know, they're the highest scoring quarterback on the slate. 90% 90% of the time, and they're getting 35-plus DraftKings points. So I've really been prioritizing those guys, even in my cash game lineups. So when you go to the Draft Sharks model this week, there's a couple guys in the $5,000 range that are popping in Derek Carr and Daniel Jones. I don't mind the matchup for either one of them. I just don't think they necessarily have the ceiling that those guys in the upper tier have. So for me, I think there's enough value this week to where I could get Justin Herbert at $7,200. He's been a top 12 quarterback in seven straight games, and he's going up against a Bills defense that has given up top five points to opposing fantasy quarterbacks. And I just think it's going to be a high-scoring game. He's going to get the 300-yard bonus. 
and he's going to have another 25-plus DraftKings points. Jared, what do you like? As of now, Herbert is my lean. Um, there are some questions on the slate still, I think, that are going to impact whether we can pay up at quarterback or not. Um, you know, but we'll see about Todd Gurley if you know, he's out. Brian Hill becomes an option. Um, Kalen Balazs is someone I'm considering for cash, but he's questionable with his injury, and we have to see about Austin Eckler. So th- there's some things that are going to impact it. If I do pay up, I do like Herbert just for the $400 savings from Josh Allen. If, if it's you know all else equal, if I have an extra 400 bucks, I would slightly prefer Josh Allen. But if I'm I'm going cheap, it would be Derek Carr. Volume's been his only problem this year. When he, when he's thrown 31 plus passes in a game, and he's done that in six games, he has 20 plus DraftKings points in five of those six games. I think he gets to you know to the mid 30s in pass attempts this week against Atlanta. I think Atlanta can score enough on the Raiders to keep them throwing, and Atlanta is much tougher against the run than the pass. So I think that that could push Vegas a bit more towards the pass in this game. Yeah, I'm certainly not opposed at all to Justin Herbert. I'm not opposed at all to Derek Carr. He and Daniel Jones are pretty even for me, though. 5,700 for Carr, 5,500 for Daniel Jones. Jones has outscored Carr over the past four games. You mentioned the volume issue with Carr, Jared. He gets that that good matchup that you mentioned as well, but it's also a strong spot for Daniel Jones. Gets Cincinnati. He adds the rushing that Derek Carr does not bring. And last time out, That got Daniel Jones to 22 DK points, even though he threw zero touchdown passes against the Eagles, ran for one in that game, so still got 22 DK points there. If he does throw anything here, touchdown-wise, that fares pretty well for him. Over 60 rushing yards in three of the past four games. So I think a better floor than what Daniel Jones showed earlier this season against Cincinnati this week. And I do think that he beats Derek Carr on ceiling because of the combo of matchup and that rushing upside. But I think all these guys are certainly in play. Tyler, what do you like on GPP side of quarterback? So if I have Herbert in cash, I'm definitely going to have him in GPPs as well. He has an easy stacking partner with Keenan Allen. Pretty high on that game in general. I think it's going to be back and forth. You have two aggressive throwing quarterbacks, you know, so they're going to throw turnovers, but they're also going to throw long touchdown passes, which can uh, generate a lot of fantasy points in general. Another quarterback I'm going to have is Patrick Mahomes. I just think the Chiefs are going to elect to go pass heavy this week, going up against a really good Bucks rushing defense. I'm going to look to bet a lot of the Mahomes props this week, uh, even if it's like 322.5 yards. I think he could easily have a 400-yard passing game, and they could have elevated pass volume going up against that Bucks team. I don't mind a couple of the cheaper quarterbacks, but I think we're going to go back to Taysom Hill at 6,200. It's interesting to see where uh, Fanshare is going to have him projected ownership-wise. They don't have that yet posted, but I think he's going to be under 10%, and I just think he's a little bit too cheap still because he's a guy that he showed us his upside last week with with two rushing touchdowns, and I think that can happen in any given week. Uh, it seems like he didn't really have a good game, but he still put up 25 DK points. Jared, what do you like? Yeah, I'm on a lot of the same plays as Tyler. I, yeah, I'm going to do my usual three tournament lineups in a three-entry max tournament. I'm going to have a Justin Herbert team, a Josh Allen team, and a Patrick Mahomes team. So I'm, I'm going to pay up for the elite quarterbacks. Herbert's coming in at just 5% projected ownership, according to Fanshare. That, that's surprising. Maybe, maybe I should just do three. Herbert teams, if that ownership stays where it is, um, I would definitely use Keenan Allen in those stacks. You know, he's run about 50% of his routes in the slot this season. That, that's where you want to attack the Bills defense. Um, I, I'm, I would probably double stack Herbert too with Keenan and either Mike Williams or Hunter Henry. Um, J- Josh Allen's going to be chalkier, but, you know, again, this game has a high over under. Bills have the second highest implied total on the slate at 29, just a quarter point behind the Chiefs. And we know that Allen you know, makes up a huge part 
of the Bills touchdown. So if they score four or five touchdowns, you know, Allen's probably going to get most, if not all of those. Um, and, and John Brown's out for the Bills, which hurts Allen's upside, but I think it makes him more stackable. Use both Cole Beasley and Stephon Diggs. Those guys have accounted for 50% of Allen's targets in the three games that John Brown has missed all or part of this season. So I think you get, you know, a, a big part of the pie with those two guys. And then Patrick Mahomes, for all the reasons Tyler listed, um, you know, he's going to be chalky. My, my sort of sneaky play in the Mahomes stack is to run it back with Ronald Jones and hope that he has the big game and, you know, that the Bucks passing game doesn't do a whole lot. The other thing, too, in that Buffalo game is you know that if the Chargers score their points, they're going to then let the Bills score their points just to deliver a heartbreaking defeat in the end. So everybody could be over 30 in that game. Certainly building some Patrick Mahomes, building some Justin Herbert here. I like the Keenan Allen and Mike Williams stacking with Justin Herbert. I'll throw in Daniel Jones here, too, though, because at him for 5,500, then also Sterling Shepard and or Darius Slayton at cheap. I think it gives room to get some of the receivers from those uh, high ceiling games and toss all these guys into the same lineup with overall scoring ceiling. Um, so I, I like the spending flexibility, in Daniel Jones. And again, I do think that there's a high ceiling for him, obviously a lower floor than like Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert. But I, I think there's attractive ceiling for Daniel Jones versus the Bengals this week. Running back, can we get around Dalvin Cook at 9,500, Tyler, or is he a must? Uh, I don't know if he's a must this week at 9,500. I know the matchup is great going up against the Panthers' rushing defense. It does seem like we're going to have some value opening up with a lot of injury news coming out as we speak and later on, I'm sure, just with all the COVID situations and different injury news across the league. So we'll probably have some min-priced wide receivers to pick from. I, I don't think he's necessarily a priority just because of that price tag. I do like Nick Chubb a lot at $7,100. He's priced as the RB6 on DraftKings compared to the RB4 over on FanDuel. And he hasn't been targeted in the passing game either of his two games coming off that MCL sprain. But I think he's got to be a lock for the 100-yard bonus. He's gotten there the last couple of weeks, and now he gets a matchup going up against the Jaguars. You know, Mike Glennon is starting for the Jaguars, which should only elevate the play volume even even more for the Browns and Nick Chubb. I think he's probably going to get 25 carries. He should get the 100-yard bonus, and he's got a chance at multiple touchdowns. So I'd play him in cash even though he doesn't catch the ball. I do like Derrick Henry uh, the more the week is going on. The Colts ruled out a couple of their defensive tackles with DeForest Buckner and Autry, the other guy, and then they actually had a linebacker get ruled out too. So Henry's probably more of a GPP play, but another cash game running back I'm looking at is Wayne Gallman, priced at 5000 I think he's too cheap going up against the Bengals. He scored a four, uh, touchdown in four straight games, and it seems like he's the guy there with Devontae Freeman on injured reserve. I don't necessarily think he's got upside for 20-plus touches, but I think in that 16 to 8 touch range he he might be able to get 100 yards and he's definitely the goal line back which is what we want to uh get from our running backs yeah it's certainly interesting all those guys i i think that derrick henry is the the safer cash bet than nick chubb he's 800 more expensive but you mentioned the players missing for that colts defense it's pretty key and derrick henry's actually down 100 bucks in salary last versus last week despite that big game against the ravens where he had 133 in ot touchdown he topped 100 yards against the Colts in their last meeting in week 10, over 100 yards in three of the past four games. So a good bet for that 100-yard bonus, even if he doesn't get much in the passing game. And I mean, he's 
definitely at the center of Tennessee's scoring, whereas Nick Chubb is, is sharing that a bit with Kareem Hunt. But I, I certainly love the upside of Nick Chubb, definitely putting him into GPP lineups this week. Jared, what do you like? Yeah, I don't know if I want to play any of those guys in cash. It, you know, they just don't have enough volume, uh, target volume projection for me. Ga- Gallman's easier to to take because he's only five thousand bucks. I think he's an option. And, and just going to the Browns back. I mean, obviously, I love the Browns running game here. It's a great spot. I I would prefer Kareem Hunt though for fifteen hundred dollars cheaper. He does the work in the passing game. And last week, Kareem Hunt got all four of the Browns' goal line carries. I don't know if that was, that just you know was kind of a fluky thing and Chubb needed a rest or whatever. But it's really something to monitor going forward. Um, I I. We'll end up playing Delvin Cook. Um, I think there's enough value, uh, especially at wide receiver. We can get to some of those guys that Cook's easy enough to get in there. He still comes in as our third best dollars per point value at running back, despite the price tag. I like James Robinson on the other side of that Jags-Browns game at $6,300. Um, he, he's a guy I haven't played all year, and he, he's been killing me because of it. Um, he just gets he gets awesome volume. He's fourth in the NFL in carries. Um, he's ninth among running backs in targets. He has at least 19 opportunities in seven of his 10 games. I think he's a pretty safe bet at the price tag. And then I mentioned Kalen Balaj for 5,800 bucks. Um, you know, we'll see about his injury and about Austin Eckler, but Balaj has 34 carries and more importantly, has 15 targets over the past two weeks. So I think he's still a value at 5,800. And again, what should be a shoot up between the Chargers and Bills. I agree with that. I'm apprehensive with Kalen Balaj in cash when he's entering the game questionable, though. Just trusting yeah. him to play through something is makes me it makes me feel uh, uncomfortable. Yeah, I'm waiting to see if he was limited or full on Friday. If he was limited again, I'll probably move away from him in cash. Another injury situation to watch here, which I think is in play for cash, is Todd Gurley. 5500 it's his lowest price of the season, but it doesn't sound like he practiced Friday either. So it sounds like he's unlikely to play in this game. And if he's out, Brian Hill's at 4000 bucks against the Raiders, who are the third friendliest scoring matchup for running backs on the main slate this week. There you go, Balaj out of my cash lineup, and Brian Hill will be in it if Gurley's out. <laughs> nice. There we go. GPP side, Tyler, what are you favoring running back? I think Naeem Hines is interesting. He's actually our top points per dollar guy in the Draft Sharks model right now. For some reason, he's only priced $600 over the minimum, despite his pretty consistent role in that offense. Another um, decision I'm going to make is I think I'm going to have some Damian Harris this week as well. So it's pretty weird that I'm I'm high on three non-traditional DraftKings scoring running backs with Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, and Damian Harris because none of them are used in the receiving uh, role. But they all have chance at the 100-yard bonus, and they're all the goal line backs on their teams. I guess that uh, Nick Chubb was pulled at the goal line because he lost his contact last week, I heard on a different podcast. So that's why Kareem Hunt got the goal line carries there. So I think Damian Harris with Rex Burkhead out of the lineup and the Seahawks ran all over that Cardinals rushing defense last week. So I think the Patriots, if they can keep it close, they're going to look to ground and pound the Cardinals. And if Sony Michelle is inactive once again, it's pretty much a two-man uh, backfield with Damian Harris and James White. And we all know James White doesn't get a lot of carries. So Damian Harris could easily have over 20 carries in that game. And then just Derrick Henry, uh, once it gets later in the season, he just has these monster games. So I'm going to be looking to play him every week as well. I mentioned Ronald Jones, kind of like him at 6,100 bucks. If I'm the Bucks, I'm, I'm going run heavy in this game um, with Brady struggling a bit and, you know, just trying to play keep away from home. So I like Ronald Jones. You know, he showed us the, the, the high ceiling just a couple of weeks ago. Um, then I, I'm going to take a chance on Jonathan Taylor too. J- just maybe 
it finally clicked for him last week. I thought it was his best game of the season, albeit in a plus matchup against Green Bay. Um, but he has another good matchup here against Tennessee. They're 30th in adjusted points allowed to running backs. Taylor, good price tag and um, projected for just 6% ownership. Guys that we haven't mentioned yet, Josh Jacobs, 7,200 against the Falcons. Good matchup, good scoring opportunity there. Um, not overly excited about him, but I think he's a good option that could just kind of get lost in his salary range. $100 more expensive than Nick Chubb. And then Alvin Kamara is headed for sub 10% ownership, according to the early fan share numbers. If that continues, that, that just seems to me like it might be a bit of an overreaction to his lack of receptions last week. Maybe that continues, yeah. but maybe Taysom Hill too gets the chance to watch the video from his first ever NFL start. And he's like, dude, I got to get the ball to Alvin Kamara a bit more. Yeah, if I was playing like 150 lineups, I could see getting Kamara and, you know, in like 15% of them or whatever to double up the field. But his usage was kind of worrisome last week. I and mean, even beyond the box score, he basically split snaps with Latavius Murray. He basically split pass routes with Latavius Murray. So, you know, if I'm I'm only making three tournament lineups, it's going to be a wait and see situation for me on Kamara. Sounds like it should keep him under 10%, though, at least. I think he will come in under 10%. There you go. Over at wide receiver, lots of 3K options this week to help you work out whatever lineup plans you have, uh, including multiple guys at the minimum in that range. I'm sure we'll mention a few of them as we work through receiver. Uh, Tyler, what do you like primarily at cash for wide up? Yeah, I was just looking at the DraftSharks model, and there's a whole assortment of $3,000 price guys there. Andy Isabella is min-priced. I think I prefer LaVisca Chenault just a little bit better than Isabella. I think Chenault... Um, is a safer bet for target volume and he's priced at just $3,300 should be a pretty good matchup against the Browns. Isabella is just a guy that's never really gotten the targets despite his elite speed and a lot of uh, DFS players calling for him to get out there but the coaching staff just goes back to old man Fitzgerald. I mean Fitzgerald's ruled out with COVID but it, they just seem the coaching staff doesn't seem to be high on Isabella. They're never really willing to give him a full snap uh, share there. Jakeem Grant, I'm just not that interested in. Tua really hasn't shown us much of anything in the passing game. I would feel much better about Dolphins wide receivers if if Ryan Fitzpatrick was the guy. But in cash games, I think we could go to Chenault. And then Keelan Cole is interesting too. He actually had a couple touchdowns against the Packers two weeks ago, one of them being a punt return. But with um, DJ Shark out, I think the Jaguars pass catchers are definitely in play. Larry Fitzgerald catches everything, so I knew. I think we knew it was only a matter of time before he came down with this, right? Nice. Yeah, what do you yeah. got? Chark and Chris Conley out for Jacksonville, so I think Chenault. And, I mean, you you could make a cash lineup this week with four wide receivers, or sorry, three wide receivers under four thousand bucks, and I think it could be viable if you you know pay up correctly elsewhere. Um, so Tyler mentioned. I mean, I. I like Andy Isabella. He's run most of his routes in the slot this season, which is obviously Fitzgerald's role. So I think it's kind of a one-for-one replacement. And Isabella did have uh, the two touchdowns in the game. Christian Kirk missed back in week three. So for 3000 bucks, I think he's an option. Gabriel Davis is 3000 bucks with John Brown out. John Brown out. Davis has you know, basically been a full-time player when Brown has missed this season. I, I did have Jakeem Grant down initially. He's listed as questionable. Two was listed as questionable with his throwing thumb injury. So I'm going to avoid Jakeem Grant. And the last guy is Denzel Mims for 3500 $3, bucks. We talked about him on the preview podcast on Wednesday. But, you know, he's seen seven-plus targets in three of his four games this season. He's sixth among all wide receivers in air yards over those four games. So he's getting those downfield shots. The matchup isn't ideal against Miami's corners. But that usage and the price tag, I think Mims is in play at thirty five. What about K.J. Hamler with 10-10 and six targets over the past three still at 3500 
Yeah, I was on him last week. He disappointed. I'm off him this week. He's probably going to go off. I mean, he didn't have a big game, but six targets, four catches at, at 3,000 or wherever he was in that range last week. It's kind of tough to be too down on that. Yeah, he's in play again. There's a ton of cheap wide receivers this week. So who are we playing any of those 3K wide receivers to try to fit in, Tyler? Who is your favorite among the more expensive cash options at wide up? I think it's definitely got to be Keenan Allen. I mean, he's coming off a 19 target game. He had the 100 yard bonus and over 10 catches at halftime last week against the Jets. I wouldn't expect, you know, 20 targets again, but I think he can have a pretty close to that type of game against the Bills who have given up a lot of slot production all season. And just, I mean, I think we could honestly project him for 14 or 15 targets. So I think he's pretty safe bet for 100 yards and 10 catches. And that's, 23 DraftKings points right off the bat, and he's only priced at $8,000. I think he's basically the same kind of player that Michael Thomas was last year. And by the end of the year, Michael Thomas was starting to creep up to $10,000. So I think Keenan Allen is still underpriced. I'm definitely going to get exposure to Tyreek Hill. I'm going to be off Hopkins. I think it's a tough matchup going up against a couple of good corners on the Patriots. And then Kyler Murray's dealing with that AC joint sprain. So I'm going to be off the Cardinals in general. Stefan Diggs, a good matchup against the Chargers, missing Casey Hayward. That's going to be a game that we're stacking. So I'm, I'm going to have a lot of guys in that upper tier. Do you guys know what DraftKings is going to do uh, with the game getting moved to Tuesday? Are they going to remove all Steelers and Ravens players or are they going to keep it on the, the main slate? What did they do when they moved the Bills-Titans game? They took those guys off, didn't they? Yes, I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, that'd be my guess. And, I mean, honestly, I think that Steelers-Ravens game might not even happen on Tuesday. So, I mean, th- those guys just aren't in my player pool right now. Yeah, that'd be my assumption as well. Jared, who do you like for cash beyond who we've already mentioned? Kyler made a good point about Keenan Allen maybe still being underpriced. Like, I was going to say I think he's fairly priced now. Maybe that's just because I had been playing him, you know, when he was high 6Ks and even low 7Ks. So it's just kind of tough to pay 8000 for him now. But I definitely, you know, don't have anything against Keenan Allen. I actually prefer Calvin Ridley this week, though, for 7100 And we'll, we'll see if Julio Jones is going to play. Even if he does, he's going to be at less than 100% after, you know, battling through that hamstring injury last week. Ridley's already averaging 9.1 targets per game this season. I think he gets into double digits again in the Dome and what should be a shootout against the Raiders. I'll go a little bit cheaper and mention Sterling Shepard at 5100 bucks, Six-plus catches in all five of the games he has started and finished this year. Bengals are the top-scoring matchup for wide receivers on the main slate. It's a higher floor. He has, he has a higher floor than Darius Slayton. Slayton's been all over the place. He's a good GPP option, I think, but Sterling Shepard is the safe bet for targets and catches. And again, if you start out with that Daniel Jones 5,500, Sterling Shepard at 5,100, I think it leaves a lot of room for fitting multiple guys, either in that 8K range at running back or you know Tyree Kill, Keenan Allen, who we've talked about here. Yep, I like Shepard. GPP, Tyler, what are you looking at at wide up? There's really a ton of guys I like this week. I mentioned a lot of the guys in the upper tier. So I think all the wide receivers are in play in that Chargers-Bills game. I like Jamison Crowder quite a bit at 5,300 with Sam Darnold coming back into the lineup. Crowder's usually a guy that sees over 10 plus targets when uh, Darnold's in there. Flacco was a guy that was throwing the ball further down the field to Denzel Mims and Brashad Perriman. But Darnold really relies on the slot, so I think Crowder can jump right back up and see a bunch of targets. He should come in pretty low-owned, so I think he's a pretty sneaky play this week. I think uh, we could go back to Jacoby Myers, priced at $5,300. He was extremely chalky last week, and I just think it was variance. Uh, Demir Bird had a big game. 
for New England last week. Cam Newton actually looks good throwing the ball. He had over 300 yards passing. So I think Jacoby Myers is still the alpha wide receiver there, and he should come in lower owns this week. I like a lot of the wide receivers in the Chiefs and Bucks game. It's hard to distinguish which Bucks wide receivers we should be playing. They're all priced within $500 of each other on DraftKings, but I think all of them are in play. I just think it's going to be a, a game where the Chiefs are going to be winning and Tampa might go away from the running game, uh, which should elevate the pass attempts for Tom Brady and – any of those wide receivers can win in their matchups. I think I would prefer Chris Godwin on DraftKings. Had 10 targets compared to AB's 13, but Godwin did find the end zone, so he was the highest-scoring Bucks player last week. And then, obviously, Tyreek Hill is in play on the other side. And Demarcus Robinson at 3,700 coming off a six-catch, eight-target performance. Uh, I had a ton of money on the Chiefs against the Raiders, and honestly, whenever Robinson caught the ball, he made me extremely nervous just the way he was holding it. He had that face mask penalty, and he had a couple drops, and he was the um, problem on the one Mahomes interceptions. If he's getting eight targets again in that offense, I think we can go back to him once again, priced under $4,000. Tyler, I think it's adorable. You think there's an alpha receiver in New England. They don't, I don't think they like those kinds of players there. They get rid of them. <laughs> uh, what's the salary on Godwin this week? Because I didn't get him down. He was 6000 I think. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I got Mike Evans, who's down to a season-low 6,100 bucks. He's scored touchdowns in two straight, three of his past four. Chiefs are solid in pass defense overall, but I agree. That looks like a shootout game. Um, and the Bucks wide receivers certainly are better than the Chiefs cover guys in just sheer ability. Jared, who are you favoring at wide out for GPPs? Yeah, so I'm curious to see how the ownership comes in on those cheap guys. And I think, especially for me, Denzel Mims, uh, Andy Isabella, and Gabriel Davis. I think all those guys, you know, have the upside to score like 15 plus DraftKings points. So at the price tag, if any of them are chalky, like over 10% owned, I'd probably get off them, but we'll see how they come in. And then Darius Slayton, who you mentioned briefly, Matt, uh, just 4,900 bucks, you know, obviously more of the big play guy in New York. Um, but, you know, he has games of 31 and 24 DraftKings points this season, and he's coming in at just 2.7% pro uh, projected ownership. Yeah, I would stay way away from him for cash games, but I like the upside here. Other low ownership guys, Robbie Anderson at 6,100, he's coming in at about 4.5% ownership projection right now. He's His game has gone even shorter range than where it started the season, so he might not have the ceiling left that he did before, but you know, if he does get a couple more downfield passes this week against a weak set of corners for Minnesota, there's a chance that he delivers uh, at a lower own rate. And then the Rams wideouts are both projected under 6% right now, despite coming off a huge games against the Bucks. The matchup this week favors passing over rushing against the 49ers. Robert Woods is at 5,800 bucks. Uh, Cooper Cup at 6,400. The salary is down for each guy despite those games because they came on Monday night. So it didn't get factored into their pricing for this week. Robert Woods is at the second lowest price of the season for him. So I think he's particularly interesting. I never get the Rams passing game right, man. I thought they were going to bomb on Monday night. <laughs> Tight end looks pretty ugly this week. Tyler, what do you like for cash? I'm definitely going to have Travis Kelsey in cash with enough value on the slate. I mean, just look at his game log. He has five games over 20 DraftKings point, three straight over 25 DraftKings points three straight games over 100 yards. And like I said, the Chiefs are going to go uh, more pass heavy this week, I'd assume, going up against a tough rushing defense. I think Darren Waller might be a little bit more popular. He's priced $1,000 cheaper than Kelsey, but 
I mean, I, I like Waller too, but I just think Kelsey has by far the best ceiling com, uh, floor ceiling combination, and I might be all in on him in GPPs as well. Yeah, I love Kelsey for tournaments. I, I just I can't get up to him in cash. And like the argument people make is, you know, so he's averaging twenty point nine DraftKings points per game. That'd be second most among main slate wide receivers behind only Keenan Allen. The, the difference is though is you know I can get Kyle Rudolph for twenty eight hundred bucks on DraftKings. So it's just, it's just such a savings that you know that that's where I usually end up going in cash. I um, mean, we just got news before the podcast started. Irv Smith doubtful for Sunday's game when he missed. Week 10, um, Rudolph ran a pass route on 79% of the dropback, saw five targets. So I think um, he's a he's a really nice value at this price tag. Yeah, and Carolina has not been particularly good against tight ends, especially lately, four straight games. They've allowed at least one 50-plus uh, yard tight end. So I agree with Kyle Rudolph as a, a late-arriving option. I think Evan Ingram in kind of the mid-range at 4,500 is solid, nine-plus targets in three straight before the disappointing line against the Eagles. Positive matchup against the Bengals. I like the combo of target floor salary matchup here. Austin Hooper at 3,800 against Jacksonville is also in play, although probably less so now that Kyle Rudolph is an option. Over on GPP side, Tyler, is it going to be all Travis Kelsey or are you playing others? I'm probably going to have 75% Travis Kelsey at least. Uh, I'm going to have some Darren Waller, maybe 15%. And then if Tyler Higby doesn't play, I'll probably save 10 to 15% for Gerald Everett priced down at 3,300. Yeah, not a great matchup for a tight end scoring against the Niners, but I agree. I like Gerald Everett's upside at 3,300. They've been targeting him near the goal line, especially even with Tyler Higby in there lately. I, I like Darren Waller as well. I'm curious to see his ownership projection over the weekend. I'm probably going to stop short of Travis Kelsey with Darren Waller at 6,000, but I don't know. We'll see as making out my lineups. Jared, what do you got? Yeah, I like those guys you mentioned, and I'll throw in Johnu Smith, who's you know just forty one hundred bucks, um, coming in at two percent projected ownership. It's obviously a bad matchup, but his usage has been back on the rise lately, and you know he has eight touchdowns through ten games now. So just I think he's a good touchdown bet for the price tag and the ownership. Yeah, maybe he'll run one in near the goal line. Pounce um, <laughs> flex, Tyler. What are you leaning toward? We really mentioned a lot of the guys that I'm using at the flex. I think the Panthers and Vikings pass catchers are interesting. Uh, it seems like Adam Thielen might be active because he tested positive for COVID, but then tested negative the day after. So if he gets back out there, I think we can use him. If he doesn't play, obviously we could use Justin Jefferson priced at $6,300. And then, yeah, Robbie Anderson is extremely interesting. Uh, he has one touchdown on the season. And with Bridgewater back in the lineup, I think he could have a pretty big game going up against those weak corners from the Vikings. Yeah, I'm probably leaning heavily on wide receiver at flex this week. There are just so many more options at uh, attractive prices and with nice target floors this week. I feel better about that group in the 5 to 6K range than I do the running backs at similar prices. What about you, Jared? I mean, if Gurley's out, it's going to be Brian Hill for me in the flex spot. Um, and then, yeah, I, I do like those cheap wide receivers we talked about at flex for tournaments defense jared why don't you get us started so i'd like to get up to the browns at 3100 bucks you know facing mike glennon no dj chark no chris conley but i might you know i'll probably end up just playing the broncos at 2200 Taysom hill was you know better than i even expected as a passer last week but he was at home for atlanta you know we'll see how he does now outside on the road against a denver defense that you know t- tends to be pretty tough at home so you know we saw Tua struggle against them last week and you know they're 2200 bucks so 
Yeah, near minimum price of 2200 Falcons, even though they didn't play well against Taysom Hill last week, they had three sacks and a takeaway, still scored five DraftKings points. So the Broncos, as you mentioned, are much better defense, ninth in overall DVOA versus Atlanta at 21st. And the own rate is not going to go high on Denver for whatever format here because Taysom Hill did play well last week. So I'm probably not paying up much here because I do have so many options at wide receiver, running back, quarterback that I would like to pay up for. If the salary's around, I could certainly see going up for the Browns against Mike Glennon. I doubt I'm going to go any higher than that, though. What about you, Tyler? There's a lot of interesting defenses priced in the low 2000s. I think the Jets are certainly in play, too, at 2100. Going up against Tua, who has looked extremely bad. He's made a lot of mistakes, should have a lot more interceptions than he does. The Broncos are definitely in play at home going up against Taysom Hill. We got the Chargers at 2,400. They're missing a couple of their key players, but we all know Josh Allen can be turnover prone. Certainly the Browns are in play at 3,100 against Mike Glennon. The Giants priced $100 more than the Browns, 3,200 going up against uh, the backup for the Bengals, uh, Ryan Finley. And then... Dolphins priced up at 4,200. They're going to be tough to get to. And then the Saints, Drew Locke's been really bad. He's been turning the ball over. So I think we can correlate um, some Camara Saints defense lineups or even Taysom Hill plus the Saints defense and just hope that the Saints force turnovers and then Taysom Hill or Camara get the touchdowns on the other side. And the Saints have a pretty uh, fair price tag at just $3,800. Certainly playing a defense against Drew Locke is never a bad idea. And Tua also has the thumb injury this week. So even making him riskier as a player and higher ceiling as a matchup for team defenses. On the betting front, Tyler, what are your favorites this week? I'll give out a seven-point teaser with the Chiefs. Uh, so we'll get the Chiefs plus three and a half against the Bucs. It's not a primetime game for the Bucs, so maybe the Brady will bounce back a little bit. But I'm still confident in the Chiefs winning that game, and, or at least keeping it close. I don't think they'll lose by more than a field goal. The other leg of the teaser is going to be the Tennessee Titans. Get them up to plus 10 against the Colts. Uh, it's a huge division game. They have the basically two uh, for the division since they have the same record. And I just think that the Titans are going to feed Derrick Henry with the Colts missing a couple key guys on defense. And that's going to be a close game too. So I feel pretty comfortable taking taking the 10 points as long as the uh, Titans special teams doesn't combust like they did the last time that these two teams played against each other. Jared, you got any favorites here? Yeah, I take the Chiefs just minus the three points. Now that it was actually three and a half last I looked. Now it's down to three. I just, especially with the Bucks pass defense struggling lately, I think I think it's a good spot for the Chiefs to put up you know thirty five plus. Um, then I I bet the over two in the Bills Chargers game. It's at fifty two and a half right now. The Chargers games go over like every week, and you know the Bills are are, are an over team too with how pass heavy they've been this season. I'll take the Titans with points this week as well. I, I think it's time for them to bounce back. I think they're better than what they've done the past couple of weeks, and plus, especially with the Colts missing DeForest Buckner and a few other key guys. I mean, the defense has been driving them so far this year. So I think the Titans can win this game outright. So with three points, I think it's a fairly easy pick. That'll do it for this week 12 DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to get cash game recommendations from Jared, get tournament picks and top stacks from Tyler, and check out the lineup generator to build your own lineups with the help of DS projections and fan share ownership projections. Come Saturday morning, we will show you who we're playing against each other in round 12 
of the Crown is Ass Challenge. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at Draft Sharks. Jared is at Smola DS. Tyler is at Tyler Syracuse with an I. And I am at Shout DS. It's S C H A U F. For Jared Smola, Tyler Syracuse, and the rest of the Draft Sharks crew, I'm Matt Shout saying thanks so much for swimming with us. 